When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. Very happy to have you here. There's a lot going on. It's been a little bit of a lull the last couple of days on the court and on the field because uh, it's been a little bit of some downtime there, as you guys are aware. The women's basketball tournament wrapped on Sunday. MSU Baseball back in action today. That's going to be a 5 p.m. start. It was originally scheduled for 6.30. That's been changed to 5. So if you're making plans to attend, go ahead and adjust your schedule accordingly. And then the men's basketball tournament gets underway with Mississippi State getting to play on Thursday. We're going to talk about all that. There's some some comings and goings, a lot of things going on, uh, kind of behind the scenes, some awards that were um, presented earlier this week. And so we'll get into some of those things. Uh, but as always, it's uh, it's a, it's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on in Mississippi State athletics. There's never ever an off season anymore. About the only time that we have a real lull in things is uh, after Omaha and after the June college football camp seasons, up until Big Dog Camp. So there's a few weeks right in there, uh, kind of around the end of June, first part of July, where not much is going on. But when that's all happening, guess what? You've still got football players going through off-season conditioning drills, and so there's always something to talk about. I want to thank our fine sponsor, Campus Bookmart. Uh, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there, they will treat you like family because you are family. Uh, these are people that are starkful people, people that are dedicated to your community, dedicated to your happiness as a Mississippi State fan. So we encourage you to patronize that business. When you're in town, go by and meet Stan the man. He'll be happy to, uh, to say hello to you. And uh, when, if you can't make it to town, we encourage you to go to campusbookmart.net and you can peruse their fine selections there. Again, that's campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, you can save a little money. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and get free shipping on all orders over $50. And any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. I want to remind you guys, too, if you haven't done so, Go, go to StarkVillain.com and, and order your Stark Villain gear. So many options to choose from there as well. Again, StarkVillain.com. You can get your Stark Villain shirt. You can get a Stark Villain hoodie. You can get the V-neck. You can get a long sleeve shirt. It's, uh, it, I'm very happy to partner with these folks. So, again, StarkVillain.com. Rep the brand. Uh, let people know where you stand. So, let's get into um, the uh, SEC Men's Basketball Tournament begins today. Now, none of the teams playing today have a have a chance of making the NCAA tournament field without winning the tournament and based on the information that we have seen uh, this basketball season the chances of that happening are very very slim uh, you know we all love a Cinderella story unless we're the team that's getting upset but the bottom line is there just is not a lot from these teams that you look at and say okay this team is capable of making a run uh, your first game tonight will be Missouri and Georgia you know, Missouri's the better of the two teams, but I'll tell you, Georgia has played well at times this year and, uh, you know, gave State all we wanted and then some uh, down in Athens, Georgia. That's the uh, the famous Beanie Baby game where the uh, the fan threw it out there and uh, we were awarded an additional technical foul free throw. But, uh, but all that being said, 
this is not going to be a big ball game uh, that you look at and say, okay, man, this is a great basketball game between two tournament teams. Just simply not expected to happen. Uh, but that's going to be the first game. Now, State will play the winner of game two. Game two is going to be between Vanderbilt and Texas A&M, probably a game between two lame duck coaches. It has already been announced that uh, Billy Kennedy will not be retained at Texas A&M. He's been there for eight years uh, and has, has had some good season, but only made the NCAA tournament twice in his eight years there, so he will not be back for a ninth season. Kennedy was a hot name uh, rising up the ranks, uh, put up together a 150 and 115 record there at A&M. Really just kind of a middle-of-the-pack team most years there. Uh, this year, less than that, 13-17 and 17, uh, overall. Not not expected to really challenge for anything. And if you guys saw the ball game on Saturday, Mississippi State pretty much had their way with A&M. Uh, saved that flag kid who had a big ball game against us. Buzz Williams, uh, kind of a hot name, former A&M assistant. Uh, he's he's a, a name that knows the South and uh, has some connections to A&M. Looks to be the leader in the clubhouse. But one thing that I have learned about college coaching searches a lot of misinformation early in these deals when uh when it's announced that so that this guy is not going to return in uh, football a lot of times that is to kind of open things up in basketball it seems like many times the deal's already been made but we'll see what happens but buzz williams kind of the uh the name to remember in that search for the uh, a&m job now bryce drew and vanderbilt have reached a level of futility that uh, most of us have not seen in our lifetimes. And I really thought Bryce Drew would be a good coach at Vanderbilt, thought that he would really turn that program around. They did have a couple of good years there, but they have really hit on some lean times. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Vanderbilt's 0-18 in the league this year. They are the first winless SEC men's basketball team within the conference in 65 years. Let that sink in for a second. 65 years. They didn't win a single SEC game. They're nine and twenty-two overall. This will be, uh, you know, perhaps the uh, one of those deals where you look at kind of a merciful end for Commodore fans because there were times that Vanderbilt was a very difficult place to play, and not just because of the, uh, you know, the the way the gym is laid out. Vanderbilt has been has had some really good teams over the years, but uh, they are not where they expect to be, not where they want to be. And uh, Bryce Drew has come out and said that he is somewhat concerned for his job, and, and goodness, who could blame him? I just don't know how Vanderbilt at this point could even begin to uh, look their donors in, in the eye and say, you know what, we, we, we have seen some signs of life and think we need to give him another year. And I can't imagine that there is a financial situation here that they can't get out of. But, uh, but all that being said, the loser of this ball game will go ahead and begin to pack. They'll put the uniforms away, and then their families will begin to look, search Zillow.com, trying to find somewhere to go. But, uh, but all that being said, uh, I expect State to win this first-round game, or their second-round game, I guess, because State will have a bye. But I believe the game tomorrow, when State has the opportunity to play, regardless of who it is, State will have a good opportunity to win that ball game. Now, State will be the nightcap on Thursday night. That's the uh, that's the 8 p.m. Central game. Now, these time, With all these games, there's four games on Thursday, which makes it so much fun if you're able to stay home and watch basketball uh, tomorrow. I know some of you guys will uh, probably do so at work anyway. But uh, – Thank goodness for that SEC app, huh? But uh, the fun gets underway at noon with Florida and Arkansas. Uh, that'll be a pretty good ball game. I, I like Mike White's coaching style. They always seem to have some talent there, and I think Florida will, will, will likely win that ball game, even though it, it's probably one of the more even games uh, of the day. 
That'll be the early game, and then Auburn will will play the winner of the Mizzou Georgia game, I, and and that that's a flip. You know, you just never know what's going to happen there. Yeah, but you know, Tom Crean is a is a good coach, and you know maybe he'll find a way to get some some juice out of them. I don't think either one of those teams will will beat Auburn. The uh, the first primetime game will be uh, Ole Miss at Alabama. Alabama absolutely torched Ole Miss uh, in that last meeting in Tuscaloosa. Ole Miss, I believe, is in the tournament. I know some people have said, well, you know, they probably need to win a game. I, I just don't believe it. With 20 wins and a 10-8 and record within the league, uh, their net is pretty good. Had they lost to Missouri, I might feel differently. But the fact that they uh, they did win that game Saturday, I think they can lose this game and still make the tournament unless there is just absolute pandemonium this weekend and a ton of upsets in some of these uh, minor conferences where people begin to steal bids. I just, I just I don't think there's any way Ole Miss is not in. And then State, of course, I, I, State is obviously in the tournament. Uh, we'll wait, and again, that's the 8 p.m. tip. And so big day of basketball uh, in front of us for tomorrow, and then Friday will be a busy day, and, and I'll be back with you probably late tomorrow night and uh, have that show uh, ready to go on Friday morning because I will be on the road headed to Gainesville, Florida. In the event State wins Thursday night, which we expect, they would play again in the nightcap against Tennessee on Friday. Now, a couple things that I want to uh, share with you guys, too, about this uh, this basketball tournament coming up here is that there is a lot of talk that the conference could get as many as 10 teams in the tournament. That's a little bit uh, optimistic, but if you begin to think about how good the league has been this year, it's not like it was two or three years ago where you could have a night off. You know, even when you go play on the road at a team like Georgia, a team that's won two games in, in the conference this year, you know, State needed every second to win that ball game. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt has been an up-and-down team this year, but there are times that they have played exceptionally well. And so there's just not a night off this year, but uh, we could see as many as 10 SEC teams. So basically, everybody that plays today won't make it, but everybody else could be in the tournament field. One of the things that uh, Greg Sankey wanted to do a couple years ago was kind of address the uh, reputation of the league because we had kind of lost a little of our luster as a league, as a basketball conference, and they've done that. And uh, we have scheduled up in non-conference. We have uh, hired great coaches. And uh, I think as a result, you're beginning to see the SEC get some respect back. There is some swagger around the league. And you begin to look at it, it's no longer Kentucky and everybody else. You know, Kentucky finishes second this year, tied with Tennessee. Tennessee actually had a better overall record this year uh, than Kentucky. And LSU, of course, wins. Uh, the SEC with the 16-2 and record. They won it outright. And so one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about the, uh, the LSU situation too, a lot of people have asked about that. It's not new information that Will Wade was caught on a wiretap. That information has been known for some time. I don't know what LSU knew and when they knew it, but when that transcript came out of the conversation uh, with the third party, uh things begin to change. And, and LSU, I, one of the things I will share, living in Baton Rouge for 16 years, I believe I've got a, a pretty good handle on this. LSU is not as image conscious as you might think they would be. And a lot of that's because they don't have that natural rival in state to kind of hold them accountable. It's one of those things where just about everybody in the state of Louisiana is kind of pulling for LSU. And so there's not going to be a lot of negative media coverage, and I don't mean in a conspiracy sort of way. It's just because of the fact that everybody out there is so pro-LSU that there's just there's not anybody out there to kind of run a counterbalance. So the fact that LSU elected to suspend Will Wade uh, 
uh, within 24 hours of that transcript coming out tells me a couple things. Because again, as I mentioned, LSU is not as image conscious as you would expect some other teams to be. They just had this, you know, when you think, and as soon as I say image conscious, immediately everybody thinks Ole Miss, and and rightfully so. Uh, but LSU is just different in that respect. And so, in the event that LSU elects to suspend somebody, you better believe it's because they believe there is a real threat to their program. Because they just don't really care what what the outside appearances are. They don't care what the national media thinks. They're, they're just not concerned with it. And so when you look at this situation, and uh, you know, with that in mind, you begin to ask yourself, okay, if this happened, it makes you question, okay, did was Will Wade open with LSU uh, about what transpired? And was while this new, well, there may not be new information that the transcript was was now available. If there were some things in there that perhaps maybe he wasn't upfront about, it would explain them showing a little caution here because they just absolutely, again, they will do everything that is necessary to protect their program. Uh, I've seen it countless times. It doesn't matter if it's a player or whatever. There have been many times that I've seen, you know, a player goes out, gets in trouble, the uh, the media comes out. And um, yeah, they're they're supportive, but at the same time, L- L- the media is probably more forgiving than LSU is at times uh, in the state of Louisiana, because LSU will go ahead and make a decision, and next thing you know, all the fans, oh, the AD's office is out of touch with the fan base, but uh, they're going to do what's necessary to protect um, their program. The fact that Will Wade was not named the SEC Coach of the Year, I think, is very significant. And what I mean by that is, is uh, that, that that award is voted on by the coaches. And the job that LSU has done this year is absolutely remarkable. You had Tennessee returning with SEC Player of the Year, Kentucky returning as a contender, and then it's not Kentucky or Tennessee that wins the deal. It's LSU. And LSU, of course, beats Tennessee. And so when you begin to look at all that and you say, okay, well, on paper, the coach from LSU should be the SEC Coach of the Year. But he wasn't. He wasn't named the SEC Coach of the Year. Kermit Davis from Ole Miss was. Now, if we're just let's take all the NCAA concerns out of the equation here, as far as Will Wade goes, and I believe Kermit's in the conversation, but I don't see, I don't think how you can say, okay, well, he did a better job than Will Wade. I think Kermit is probably the number two guy, and I think if you're not going to give it to Will Wade, it makes sense to give it to Kermit Davis. Ole Miss was picked dead last, and they were awful last year. They were awful. They quit down the stretch. They really did. I know that there were some games at times they were competitive, and then they got away from them late. But uh, there, there's no reason that Ole Miss should have finished middle of the pack this year. That they didn't. And the only explanation is the fact that Kermit Davis, Kermit Davis came and did a great job for Mississippi State basketball player, uh, Kermit Davis. And so congratulations to Kermit. And uh, I, think, I think all things being considered, I don't know that you can give that award to Will Wade. I, I just, I just I, I don't. And the fact that there's so many people out there that didn't vote on his behalf tells me that the, there's an issue there, or there is a, a perception around him that is not a very positive one. So that is kind of a cloud that has kind of hung over LSU. Uh, they did win it outright on Saturday. Of course, they, they beat Vanderbilt as everybody expected them to without Wade. I don't see them navigating this tournament without him, and I believe that that's probably going to be the case. I don't know how they're going to be able to get this resolved this weekend, but I think LSU will have to uh, have to win without him. And um, I don't know that I expected LSU to win the tournament anyway, even though I think that their, uh, their path to Sunday is probably the easiest. Florida and Arkansas, of course, uh, good teams. I don't know that they have 
the personnel to match up with LSU, even without Will Wade uh, calling the plays there. And then they would likely play South Carolina or Auburn. Auburn is trending, and South Carolina has played well down the stretch. You know, Frank will have the Gamecocks ready to go. I just don't know, again, if they have you know, the firepower. But I think that Saturday game could be interesting. But LSU, should LSU based on their talent level and their level of play this year, you would think they would be able to make it to Sunday without a lot of trepidation. The lower half of the bracket is is simply more difficult. It's as simple as that. I, I think uh, you know Tennessee and Kentucky having to play in the semis, and I think arguably those are the best two teams in the conference from a talent standpoint. Even though they all they both finished a game behind LSU, and so uh, that's something that I think will be interesting as we continue to watch this situation unfold. This weekend, we're just going to be about basketball. It's not going to be about wire taps and that sort of thing. But one of the things that I have learned about these federal cases is when the feds bring charges, you're you're pretty much already convicted. You know, they're not going to bring a case. They're not going to bring a cir- circumstantial case. And they have Will Wade on a federal wiretap discussing a offer of sorts to a player and his family and about how that offer was communicated to the family and how it should have been and the mistake they made and what they had to do to correct it and it's very very damning no he doesn't come out and say hey I paid this kid $50,000 but he doesn't necessarily speak in code either and before we move on uh, speaking of the Fed stuff I'm sure you guys have all kind of read with a great interest what's going on involving the uh, Stanford sailing coach and the soccer coach at Yale and Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin Um, and it's basically one of those deals the bottom line is this, is these people bribed coaches to recruit their non-athletes for athletic scholarships or for walk-on spots to circumvent the admissions process, if that makes sense. So, so let's say, for an example, just hypothetically speaking, let's say if, if you had a child that wanted to go to USC and you were concerned that perhaps they would not be admitted just based on their academic merit, and you would find a workaround. And uh, there's this company, this company out there that was basically operating as a charity, and the whole thing was a big scam. And what they had in, in, and told these folks to do is, well, let's pretend that uh, your daughters are on the crew team, or that they're rowers. And they fabricated this whole thing and got USC to take them as a walk-on, thus opening up the admissions process for that person. So then they were kind of guaranteed admission. And uh, it wasn't just USC. We're talking some some Ivy League schools. And, you know, the value of an Ivy League diploma is it's just much different. And so I really believe in many respects this is kind of the tip of the iceberg. I'm interested to know how they got tipped off because I understand from reading on this they were – they were investigating another matter and kind of stumbled upon this. And uh, I am certain that this kind of thing has gone on for years and years and years. And it's one of those things, too, it makes you get a little bit sick when you think about college athletics, is that people would use that in an opportunity to profit for themselves. And we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, there was a, a, a chancellor, I guess, or an AD that was fired at USC yesterday. Uh, the legendary sailing coach at Stanford was fired. There's an assistant coach at Yale has been fired. And so the uh, the justice in this for many of the facilitators of this caper has, has already begun to take place. And uh, some big names in Hollywood and, uh, and involved with all this. And that kind of brings just more attention to the matter. 
because of the fact it's names that we know. But the bottom line is is that uh, there are people out there that have basically cheated hardworking students out of an opportunity because they themselves uh, wanted to cut corners. And so uh, the more you think about it, the, the sicker it, it makes you uh, about college athletics. And I, I can tell you from the father of a former college baseball player, uh, basically you end up paying to play <laughs> because you don't get the full scholarships and uh, you depend on some academic money out there to kind of help uh, do some of that. But, you know, listen, you know, we, we were a family of, of six with four children and, and uh, had a son that had the ability to play some baseball and uh, played juco ball in Mississippi for a year and then in AI baseball. And, but uh, the bottom line is, is that we had to pay. And uh, I, I'll tell you, I, I would have paid it all over and then some uh, to watch my kid play college baseball. It's one of the, the greatest joys of my life. But for other people to go out there and cheat the system, because what I think about, I don't think about just the the offending action itself. What about the kid out there that worked their tails off and were, were denied that opportunity because someone else took it that and did so in unscrupulous means? That's what I think about. You know, there's middle-aged and uh, middle-class families out there that are working hard trying to put their kids through school and then they use an an athletic opportunity to help forgo some of the expense and for them to have a great college experience and then to have them see that situation kind of denied to a you know, to be part of some scam it's just that's uh, very sickening and I hope that there is a uh, hope there is some justice for the, the folks involved there I want to remind you guys too Bulldog Burger Company is uh a Stark Villigan institution. I absolutely love going in there. Matter of fact, uh, we go there regularly, and, and uh, so many great options to choose from. And there's there are new things all the time. There are new items on the menu uh, throughout the month. There'll be daily specials, but uh, the tried and true things. The Bulldog Burger. If you haven't been, if you haven't been paying attention on social media, the Bulldog Burger. If you go order a Bulldog. Your bun will be stamped with the SEC Champs stamp. Mississippi State women's basketball team were able to enjoy some of those burgers last night. And so uh, it's, it's one of the great things about Bulldog Burger Company. It is our place. And uh, they kind of rise and fall with us when they think about Mississippi State Athletics. So you can go have a celebratory meal at Bulldog Burger Company and be able to enjoy that SEC Championship one bite at a time. So, again, when you're in town, Bulldog Burger Company – Absolutely the place to go. The restaurant closest to campus in the Cotton District. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. Mississippi State baseball will be in action t- today again at 5 p.m. Uh, Mississippi State will take on Grambling. Grambling 7 of 8 on the year. They have won their first two series in conference play. And that, that began earlier this month. They, uh, they took 2 of 3 from Texas Southern. Uh, at home, and then last weekend they go on the road and take two of three at Prairie View A&M. They lose the Sunday game 18-15. to 15. You're kind of one of those typical uh, Sunday games when everybody kind of runs out of pitching and it turns into a church league softball game. But, uh, again, you know, Grambling is going to be a decent team in their league. Uh, this weekend's opponent for them is Arkansas Pine Bluff. You know, State played them last week. Uh, but a big ball game. It will be on the app tonight. That's the SEC Network Plus app. But, uh you know, state looking for a final tune-up here before we hit the road to go to Gainesville, and uh, you know, excited to get out there and, and and go. And if you guys had an opportunity last night, Florida, Florida State played on uh, the SEC Network last night. Florida did not get off to a good start. They have not had uh, a good record in the midweek, 
Uh, but Florida State jumps out 6 nothing, And then the next thing you know, there's basically a routine ground ball that's hit to short, and uh, they knock it around. Uh, the third base department, they knock it around a little bit. They, then there's a ground ball to the pitcher. Should be a routine 1-6-3 double play. Shortstop doesn't break for the bag in time. There's indecision there. Next thing you know, the wheels have come off. Florida scores five in the inning. Then Florida State comes back and takes a 7-5 lead, and then there's five more in the next inning. The next thing you know, it is a 20-7 ball game. And a lot of that, Florida State, to be honest with you, at times looked like a bad high school team defensively. There was one time, one play in particular that the uh, first baseman had to range behind the bag, and then he just kind of throws the ball up in the air, just kind of randomly on the infield, just almost like just tossing a grenade up there and just hoping it gets close and blows something up. Uh, very, very disappointed with their play. Also interesting, Florida has now won nine in a row against Florida State. A lot of people see that ball game last night and they think, man, okay, well, goodness gracious. Listen, Florida's a team that's got some talent, but uh, they are a team that has really struggled to hit elite pitching. We have elite pitching. This is a golden opportunity for Mississippi State to go down there and make a statement. Florida is going to be a very good team. They're going to be a team that will host a regional this year and, and possibly get into Super Regionals. They're, uh, they have not been a great offensive team. They have not been so far. And so this is they're probably going to be some low-scoring games, and I believe two of these three games will be televised. I will be there to cover all three of them. Eager to get down there, uh, eager to reconnect with our buddy Will Salmon, and uh, already reached out to Will. We'll have an opportunity to break bread and spend some time together. Uh, but the bottom line is is that this is one of those series you're kind of glad to get Florida early because they're going to figure it out. They've got some young, talented guys that are just, just kind of getting acclimated to major college pitching. They haven't seen a whole lot of it yet. They'll see some this weekend. But I think getting them early is big for us because if you can get a big road series win early in this league and then allow Florida, when Florida gets hot, they're, they're, they're going to be in contention. When Florida gets hot late, you can kind of ride that RPI wave. So it's really, really important State can go out there and get a win this weekend, win the series. You know, Ethan Small pitching on Friday night, he's always going to give you an opportunity to win. He's been absolutely dominant this year. Uh, been one of the top strikeout pitchers in the Southeastern Conference this year. JT Ginn, the freshman sensation, has been outstanding. And then Keegan James pitched well enough to win on Sunday. And, uh, you know, defense let him down, bullpen let him down. And so the bottom line is – is that we have the front-line pitching to be able to go in there and kind of get some things figured out. And so I'm excited about the series. But first things first, we've got to go get this win tonight. Uh, Winover Grambling would make State 16-1. and one. And then we get ready to take that trip down to Florida. Uh, so I expect probably we'll see Eric Sarantola tonight and probably save Peyton Plumbing for the weekend. You know, Peyton uh, pitched a little bit midweek last week and then uh, had a horrendous appearance on Sunday. And listen, and that's not to be negative because Peyton has been great for us all year, and you're going to have some days when you don't have it all and just had a you know a bad uh, inning and uh, didn't even get out of the, the – didn't even record an out in the inning. But we pulled him. But we know what to expect from Peyton Plumley. Okay, that's just a bad outing. He has been consistent uh, throughout the season. But uh, I think State's going to need all hands on deck this weekend. I think that State's got some options. It's just going to be a matter of scoring some runs. I don't think any of these games are going to be, be, you know, 15 to 13 type games. I think getting runs early in the ball game will be huge. If State can get a run or two the first time through the order, I think that is huge on a Friday night because of the fact that runs are going to come at a premium. 
uh, eager to get down there and see what happens. And I think this is a real test for Mississippi State. But I am very confident about the series. I think State has a real chance to go down there and win that series. There have been many times in the past, and this is just the reality of things, but many times that I've said, okay, well, look, we just need to avoid getting swept. We just need to kind of survive these difficult series and then go beat up on everybody else. But when I look at this league this year, uh, I don't see anybody on the SEC schedule from Mississippi State I look at and say, okay, we don't have a chance to win that series. Of the the, the road series we have, this is likely uh, the most difficult, to be quite honest with you, because of the fact that Florida does have talent. They do have experience and and Kevin O'Sullivan kind of has a thing for Mississippi State. We're going to see their best effort. And people need not forget, we swept them last year. And no matter what other people have said or what other people have done or what other people have tried to suggest, Florida went out there, tried to get their rotation set for the for the, the conference tournament, but uh, they did not come to start well expecting to lay down. They didn't come here expecting to get swept. I am sure that is something that has been plastered all over that dugout today. They will look at Mississippi State stuff. They'll probably have pictures of State celebrating last year. They'll probably have pictures of Jake Mangum, Elijah Magamy's home runs. We're not going to go down there and uh, sneak up on Florida. You better believe that. They will absolutely be ready to play Mississippi State. And I think winning that first game means everything. I think if we win that first game, then who knows what could happen uh, the rest of the weekend. We have had some success at Florida in recent years and we have had some success against Florida and sometimes not been able to close it out but the bottom line is this this is the opportunity Mississippi State baseball needs this is a marquee matchup with everybody in the country kind of having their eyes on the weekend it's the opening weekend of SEC play and this is probably the series in the Southeastern Conference I think this is a really opportunity for State to go out there and show people that we're for real not only that, but you build some confidence. You build some confidence and say, you know what, we can go play with anybody. Because I really believe if you can go win at Florida, win that series at Florida, I think that's going to be a big confidence builder for this team as we come home and get ready for a very rugged SEC schedule. And, and uh, if, if you go, if you haven't looked, uh, go check out the schedule this year. You know, State's going to have to earn it every weekend, but we do, we do miss Vanderbilt this year. Uh, so... An opportunity for us, uh, you know, we, we don't get the worst, but we don't get the best in the schedule. But uh, but the bottom line is this, is if you're going to win an AFL championship, uh, you've got to be willing to go beat anybody, and you've got to have the, talent, the team and the talent to go do it, and I believe Mississippi State does. Yesterday, uh, I guess it was yesterday, goodness, it all, all the time runs together. I guess it was Monday, actually. The uh, the Howell Trophy was awarded to Quinn Derrick Witherspoon for the second consecutive year, and Tierra McCallan wins the Gillum Trophy. Uh, a sweep, we, we knew that there would be a Mississippi State Bulldog win the Gillum Trophy. Again, uh, that, that has kind of become the Mississippi State Trophy. And uh, for the foreseeable future, I believe that will be the case. Vic Schaefer, of course, continues to, uh, to receive accolades. And now a, uh, I guess a semifinalist or finalist for the, uh, the Naismith Award as the coach of the year. Uh, you know, a lot of basketball left to be played in that regard. Uh, but we go and win the award. And, uh, I, again, and it's one of those things, too, I begin to look at all this stuff, and I, and I think to myself, I remember a time – when we didn't care about such things. But now if there's an award being given or a trophy being presented, we, we, we want it. And uh, we, we always want it. And I don't know that we fully appreciate it. I think sometimes maybe we take that for granted. And I don't know how long all this is going to last. And that's one of the things that I try to remind people of, especially the kids around my house. I say, you know, Listen, I, I, this is not the Mississippi State that I grew up with. And so my hope is that it continues to go, <laughs> it continues to build, and we... We're on uh, a solid trajectory. Uh, 
but because of what we've all lived through <laughs> and all the times that we've been so excited to go to a ball game and left disappointed uh, I'm going to enjoy every bit of this every, every moment of it and that's one of the things I do get a little defensive about at times when I see people being critical of Mississippi State fans for being excited about women's basketball I think that is one of uh, the most sexist and immature and backwards thinking things in the world uh, that, that somehow Mississippi State fans should not be excited because the ladies that we love and the coaching staff that we love that have brought so much joy to our lives that we should not celebrate that because some other people uh, aren't good at basketball and so as a result uh, you know they're not they're, they're they're disengaged in all this well here's the thing about that uh, Mr. Old Miss Twitter guy is uh, we don't base our feelings about our teams based on your opinions uh, we simply don't care and so when I see these things out there and people say, oh, it's just women's basketball, what do you mean it's just women's basketball? You know, there are probably more people nationally that care about women's basketball than do college baseball because there are some segments of the, of the, the country that are just not big college baseball um, friendly. They're just not. They're not big college baseball programs, and you've got a few teams out west, and you've got a few teams, of course, uh, in the south but if you look at the numbers, college baseball, you know, historically has kind of been a southern thing. And so uh, the bottom line is this. You, you can like everything. You, you don't have to rank things. You don't have to say, well, you know, I love it all, but I like this the best. I like this. You know, it, it's okay to just be a raving fanatic about your school on all fields of play. You don't have to apologize for that. You don't have to explain that to anybody. You don't owe anybody an explanation. But one of the things that I'll share about, about that and I've mentioned this on the show before, is uh, I believe that the children in my family would rather go watch the women play basketball than just about anything else because they feel so connected to the women's basketball players. Uh, just a couple of days ago, my wife and I were walking through Walmart and there's Dominique Dillingham right there on the frozen food aisle. We sit there and we talk a little bit about the ball game over the weekend and wish, wish them the best. And that is kind of who they are. And I don't just mean the fact that they all shop at Walmart because in Starville everybody does. But my point being is that they feel connected to us. There is a synergy between the Mississippi State fan base and this women's basketball program. Despite the fact that they have played on the national level, despite the fact that they have achieved so much, they have never been disengaged with the Mississippi State fan base. Vic Schaefer and his staff have done a great job making these young ladies stay grounded and making them understand that these people that come to support you are worthy of your love and appreciation. It's just like our players going into the stands to thank the fans for coming to road games. Uh, it's just a different deal. And so this is a special time in our school's history, and a special time uh, for our fans. And so don't let other people uh, diminish your joy in that. I think it's best to kind of stay out of those arguments anyway because nobody's mind is going to be changed. Uh, I, I, I fall victim to that sometimes too when I see somebody say something that is, uh, I believe, offensive about our ladies and uh that's one of the things you know for me uh while i have have had the uh you know the pleasure and uh the privilege of being uh raised by some strong men in my life i've had uh, you know great grandfathers and a great stepfather and a great father and i've had people i have admit i've had men of character in my life life that have kind of helped mold me and helped me become the person that i am but uh, i was always raised to respect women and uh I, for the most part i was raised by women uh as a young person, 
my mom, Aunt Kathy, and, and uh, my grandmother were, were very, very influential uh, in my life. And so if somebody was ever critical of them, it, Im- it immediately uh, kind of evokes some emotion within me. And so when I see people talking down uh, to our women's basketball players or talking down about women's athletics, it irritates me. It, it irritates me for a lot of reasons. And one of the things that, you know, my wife and I talk about, it, and she is an ultramarathoner, and I can tell you that uh, the time and sacrifice that she makes to compete uh, and to train is something that we share. And uh, you need a support staff, and you need people, of course, that uh, are not going to give you a hard time. But when I think about what she does, just to be able to go compete herself, and there are no camera crews, there's no TV coverage, and then I think about what happens with uh, with our ladies. L- listen, do the ladies sacrifice any more of their time than the men do? Is the requirements different? It, it, they're not. Everybody has the same demands. Everybody has the same schedule. Everybody has the you know the same trials and tribulations. And to suggest that somehow that the women's accomplishment is somehow lesser than the men is unbelievably sexist and backwards, and uh, I just simply won't stand for it. And uh, and here's the deal about that: is there have been some times that we have not been very good at women's athletics at Mississippi State. That's that's the reality of things. But the commitment that this university has made to softball and to women's basketball, and we've had some you know some great success at times uh, at women's golf. You know these young ladies are worthy of our respect, and I can't speak for anybody else, but I think that I speak on behalf of just about every Mississippi State fan, we love and respect all of our student-athletes. There may be some at times that, that you know, get us upset a little bit. <laughs> there may be some that, uh, you know, we get a little irritated with. Maybe they, they tweet some things they shouldn't. But that's minor. That's minor in the grand scheme of things. But the bottom line is this, is that anybody that goes and puts in the time, the effort, and the sacrifice to go and represent us those people are worthy of our respect, and they're going to have it. And uh, I think it's perfectly okay uh, to feel like that, uh, that you're being a little bit attacked when people try to diminish the accomplishments of our women's basketball players and our women's student-athletes. I just, I simply will not stand for that. And uh, I just think so many times that the days that we schedule our activities now around women's basketball, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there are some people that don't make the games. And I know for us this past weekend, you were hustling to get back from Decatur, Alabama. My wife ran a timed race on Saturday, and we were hustling to get back. And my initial plan was I wanted to get back in time to uh, to go cover the baseball game. And I just could not in good conscience ask her to get up after running 41 miles. But uh, but the bottom line was, I said, hey, babe, we need to get up and get moving because I want to get home in time to watch the girls play. And as soon as I said that, she goes, oh, yeah, we got to get going. And so that motivates us to keep going. And, and I've heard so many stories from other people, Mississippi State fans, you know, around the country, to say, you know what, hey, we, we never used to care about this. You know, and, and, and it's a shame. But, uh, you know, now it's, it's must-see TV. When the ladies are playing, uh, we're going to go be involved. We're either going to go to the ball game or we're going to watch it on television. And there are so many people down that have kind of figured this thing out. I've had – it's so funny. You get messages from people. Some of our – some of our silver-haired bulldogs, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> have gone out and got a 
a Google Fire Stick or a Roku or something, and, and they're trying to they'll go online or go on social media and they get somebody to figure out, hey, how do I watch this on my TV? How do I watch the app on my TV? And I think that is remarkable. I think that goes to show you how much dedication uh, and love the fans have for this women's basketball program. And so uh, I'm not going to let anybody uh, diminish our joy. And when I think about the fun times that we have had as a family kind of gathering around the television uh, to watch the women play and to see the joy in my children's eyes when they see Tierra McCowan knock a shot into the stands or to see Victoria Vivian's uh, drain a big three like it's nothing against Tennessee uh, or to see Blair Schaefer in the corner dropping a big three against South Carolina. Those are things that I will always remember, memories that we shared. And uh, to hear their names kind of discussed in our house, you know, you, you walk by the you know, the, the dining room and uh, you hear the kids and they're talking and, and uh, it's it's rewarding. And it's another reason why we love Mississippi State. So I belabored that point for a long time. So I'm going to move on from that. But uh, again, remind everybody, there's a lot to cheer for and the women's bracket will be revealed Monday evening. The men will be revealed on Sunday. So selection Sunday for the men. We'll find out then. We expect State to be a six seed or something around there. Unless State can make it to championship Sunday, then possibly you move up to a five seed. That's a difficult road to hold. You know, you're going to have to beat Tennessee and Kentucky, likely, uh, to get to championship Sunday. Uh, just don't know if it's going to happen. But, again, on Sunday we find out the pairings and destination for the men. We find out for the women on Monday. Now, I'm seeing some repetitive questions on social media about the women. Mississippi State will host the first two rounds. That's not been officially announced, but we, we, we certainly expect that to happen. So State, again, for the third consecutive year, State will host the first two rounds right here in Starkville. We don't know what day those games will take place yet. We won't know until Monday. I do know from what I'm told the lower bowl is already sold out. Tickets are already sold out for the lower bowl. But there are still some tickets available. So please make arrangements. Go ahead and buy those. But you'll find out Monday if we play uh, Friday, Sunday, or Saturday, Monday. So it could be one or the other. So don't just assume that you know because nobody knows. The ticket office can't tell you. Coach Schaefer can't tell you. None of us know yet. Until the brackets are announced, we won't know the dates and times of those games. So be prepared. Be ready to stick and move. We do know that the men will be on a neutral court somewhere because there is no hosting for men's basketball. Uh, so the men will be on the road somewhere. We've seen Tulsa, Oklahoma listed as a possible destination. Uh, we'll find all that out soon enough. There's going to be a lot going on next weekend involving Mississippi State uh, athletics. You guys are well aware of that. We're going to have Auburn here for baseball. We're going to have the women hosting here, and the men are going to be on the road somewhere. So there's going to be a lot of things to cover. We're going to have you covered over at jeanspage.com. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll beat everything. But there are a lot of questions that are yet to be answered. So don't don't get all riled up and don't begin to think, okay, well, hey, let me go run on here on Twitter and ask so-and-so because nobody knows yet. So until the pairings and the brackets are announced, we will not know times, locations, or dates for games other than the fact that women will be here next weekend. We know that for sure. Well, folks, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back again. I'll probably record Thursday night after uh, the Mississippi State men's basketball game. And uh, today, if you're not aware of this, uh, the Boneyard is now available on more platforms than ever before. I had moved the show temporarily to SoundCloud while I went through some negotiations with some new partners. Very, very happy uh, to have found a landing spot for the show. 
you can now hear it on iTunes, and uh, it'll be on on Overcast. It'll be you can just go pull up your phone and go to podcasts. You can go find the Boneyard, and you can subscribe and have a notification sent directly to your phone. But it's on, on iTunes. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to be on more platforms than ever before. Expect the show to grow. And remember, when you share the Boneyard with your friends, you're being the best friend they have. So again, thanks so much for your patience with me. It, it, it fortunately it only took a short time to kind of get things handled. But uh, if you missed all those shows that were on SoundCloud, you can go back and listen. And, of course, they're time-specific. Of course, they're about things that are going on in life. And so those games and and matchups and stories are, for the most part, behind us. But if you want to go back, you can do that. They're all available for you on iTunes. Uh, But as we move forward with this, there's going to be more platforms than ever before. And uh, very excited to kind of move forward with this. Uh, And so some big things ahead for this show. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.